Hello, welcome to PMM Insight, a plastics machinery and manufacturing podcast. This is an episode of PMM in person, where we talk to the most interesting players in the plastics industry. I am your host, Ron Shen, editor of PMM. Our guest today is Kate Brown, data and analytics leader for manufacturing, retail, and distribution at Whipley LLP in Minneapolis. Kate has 10 years of experience in helping manufacturers gain more timely insight into operational performance and surfacing information that team members need to make informed decisions. She frequently speaks and writes on data analytics and business intelligence topics relevant to manufacturing. She is also speaking May the 9th at the MPE show in Orlando. So Kate, welcome to today's show. Thanks, Ron. Great to be here. Can you start out by just telling us what is Whipfly LLP? Absolutely. Whipfly is a top 20 advisory firm with a very strong foundation in CPA. So we have about two thirds of our business is in the tax and audit area. And then we have a third of our business that's focused on uh, business solutions, whether that be organizational performance or we have a lot of technology experts that implement various solutions for our clientele. So we have teams that implement ERP solutions, CRM solutions, and then the team that I sit on and I get to focus on are implementing solutions for data management and analytics. At Whitfleet, we have um, we go to market by industry expertise. So I have essentially a lot of manufacturing experts that love technology on the team and I get to work with on a daily basis. So what data would a plastics processor have that would be considered an asset? Yeah, so one of my favorite sayings, Ron, is data is one of the most valuable assets on a client's, that never hits a client's balance sheet. So when we look at plastics processors, they're collecting information in various systems, whether it be their ERP on the shop floor, um, if they have a more robust sales and marketing process, it could be collected in a CRM. But just collecting the information doesn't mean that it's an asset. What we talk to clients about is how do we consolidate that information and be able to tell a story with it? And that's when you're really transforming Um, the data that you're collecting across the business into a valuable business asset. And by doing so, you can start, I mean, some examples that we see could be uh, tying your shop floor performance back up to your financials. And that involves, you know, collecting information off of the machines via sensors and then integrating that with the information that you're collecting in the ERP itself. Um, We see a lot of use cases around better inventory forecasting, That's, you know, tying kind of your procurement strategies and your sales strategies together, which a lot of times for our clients, the information to support both of those might be in different systems. And when you can overlay that data and integrate that data together, you can really tell the picture to do better, tell the story or paint the picture to have better strategy around your procurement processes or your inventory management. So... For the session, we'll be talking through a number of examples related to that, but data in and of itself is not the asset. It's what you do with the data that makes it an asset for your business. What are the obstacles, or maybe I should say excuses, you most frequently 
C that prevents manufacturers from leveraging their data? Yeah, so here at Whitfley, you know, we really work with small to mid-market manufacturers. Um, and so a lot of times when we come in, we're, we're painting a picture that, you know, some of our, our clients or prospects may feel is unachievable just based on where their current infrastructure is uh, set up today. So one of the biggest excuses or obstacles, um, whichever you prefer to use, would be concerns around the quality of the data. So, you know, when organizations started implementing tools to collect data, whether it be an ERP migration or back to the example around, you know, they might have implemented a CRM to do better sales tracking and marketing. Um, there were processes that went along with that that really determined up front the quality of the outputs or the quality of the data being entered and how that can be used as an output. So, you know, when we, when we talk to organizations, a lot of times what I hear is, well, our processes aren't very standardized, so we don't trust the information, that good quality information is being entered in the system, or we have gaps in the data. So we want to do inventory forecasting, but our strategy around demand forecasting is pretty bad, and so we don't really trust the forecast, you know, well beyond two months of what's entered in our CRM. So there's a lot of concerns that come up related to the quality of the data that they have available to start leveraging for more data-driven decision-making or storytelling. The other one that comes up and what we, we try to help with is how do we integrate that data? So a lot of clients have a very manual process when it comes to doing data analysis, meaning if they're collecting information in an MES or in their ERP or a CRM, they're going in and someone's manually hitting extract and they get an Excel or CSV file. And then they're doing that from other systems and they're creating fancy pivot tables. And there's a lot of manual effort, obviously, that goes into this activity. But the bigger concern is that you know when you have a manual step in any process, you're really decreasing the time you're increasing the time to value. So things aren't are no longer timely. We go into a lot of clients where they're like, yeah, I get, you know, my my um my metrics presented to me. They don't have a ton of insight into how much time it takes because someone else is doing it for them. But by the time they get that information, it's stale. So it's no longer actionable is the term that we use. And we want to be sure that data is getting into the hands of end users that need it to make informed decisions on a timely basis so they can make those decisions. So, um, you know, kind of restating some of the bigger issue, some of the bigger obstacles that we face are quality of data. And a lot of times, if that's the case, what I do, Ron, is I bring in some of our, our performance consultants, our organizational performance consultants that can really talk about process, the manual process or the human process involved in collecting information. Um, and then the other obstacle is everything is disparate. It's all siloed. And, you know, th those organizations need to invest in the technologies, the data platforms to consolidate the information um, because that's where, that's where the future is headed. And, Ron, that data foundation doesn't just support your data analytics initiatives. It's the foundation for AI, too. And so when I'm speaking with a lot of these organizations that want to, and I'll, I'll air quote here, do AI, um, they're, they're missing some of the fundamental initial steps to be able to get going on that. So it's a matter of getting all the information in one place to be sure that 
If I'm going to automate my decision-making, which is essentially what artificial intelligence is, I know that it's based on multivariable data set that's of good quality and is producing accurate recommendations for either my business users or for my AI models. I know that data is an intangible asset, but can leveraging data more effectively make a company more valuable? Absolutely. There's a lot of stats and figures that go into organizations that have enterprise data management um, foundations or solutions in place. They're more profitable. Um, You know, you can really, when you can automate some of those manual processes, you're increasing essentially the revenue per headcount for your organization because you have individuals that can, that were previously, you know, spent a good amount of their time doing extracts, pivot tables, et cetera, and now they can be leveraged for more value-add activities in the organization. Um, We find that organizations that have better insight into their customers' buying patterns, seasonality, demand forecasting, et cetera, have more uh, robust marketing strategies, can increase more that top-line revenue and have more, uh, like I mentioned, targeted strategies with getting the right customer in the door, not just any customer in the door. Um, better insight into um, your shop floor performance can increase your throughput, three, throughput uh, decrease rework. Um, all of those are significant profit, profit drivers for an organization. Um, you know, I went in, toured a facility um, a couple weeks back, and we were going through, we were looking at the amount of waste or scrap that was being produced by some of the processes. And the individual that I was uh, touring with, he said, you know, we're able to recoup that from the customer based on the mold that we're given and their understanding that's going to produce scrap. But if they can use that information and maybe re-engineer some of those processes, that could be a direct um, hit to the, you know, value to the bottom line because they can increase the profit on those processes and still, you know, they still have the customers paying the same amount. Um, One other, so those are just, you know, what you would see internally, but what we're also seeing is organizations and maybe not necessarily a direct, like, monetizing of their data within the plastics industry, but we're seeing it be a competitive advantage. So I sat on a a roundtable here a couple months back, and the director of operations of a pretty large manufacturer here in the Twin Cities said that if he could work with, if his contract manufacturers could provide real-time insight into the production of his parts, that would be a competitive advantage. He would go with the man, the contract manufacturer if two were in front of him that could provide that insight and that real-time data to him um, over the other one. And so, you know, again, back to some of these smaller and mid-sized organizations, especially if you're in the contract manufacturing space, having the foundation set up where you can have automatic data feeds Um, is going to be a competitive advantage going forward. Okay, how about giving us some tips on how plastics processors might start leveraging data more successfully? Yeah, so one um, saying that a a colleague of mine uses to make sure that I'm giving credit where credit is due is to think big, start small, and be ready to scale fast. So what we know about data and analytics and, you know, even in the past 10 minutes, making reference to all the various areas of a business that data can support or add value is that this is really an enterprise endeavor. 
meaning your finance team can better leverage data as an asset. Your sales team can. Your operations team can. HR can um, when analyzing turnover. So what we want to be sure we're understanding up front is that you're building a data foundation that can scale. And in order to do that, you need to have good insight into the business application of data and analytics across the organization. So that's really the think big. And so what we find a lot of our clients doing and what really is best practice is to go in and start analyzing the data needs across the business up front. You're not going to you know, go in a, a back room and develop and implement for all of them at one time. Um, but you do want to be sure that you're, you're setting the foundation, you're starting to build with the end in mind. So that's the think big. Now, starting small is now what area of the business will we see the biggest impact if we implement technology to automate the data consolidation process, create more timely insight, perhaps implement a, a small scale AI model that automates one of our back office processes, where are we going to see the the biggest ROI, the quickest? And let's start there. Um, I would say the biggest ROI, but also accounting for where do we have the most reliable data or information to, to kind of determine where we want to start. And let's get something out and rolling because one of the biggest success factors, Ron, for one of these initiatives is to make sure users are adopting it. I would say that a lot of, you know, going back to another obstacle that we we face is that a lot of our clients are are reliant and used to making decisions based on tribal knowledge or gut feel. Um, there's a lot of, you know, individuals in the workforce that have been at these organizations for potentially decades and they know how to operate um, and they make decisions based on what they've seen in the past. But that's, that's not the future of the industry because we see a lot of um, individuals entering the industry that don't have that tribal knowledge, but we need them to be productive as soon as possible, not wait for 20 years for them to um, experience as many decision points as some other individuals that have been there for that amount of time. So we want to be sure that organizations are able to develop a competency that we call data literacy, meaning individuals understand if they're looking at a dashboard, what it's trying to tell them so they can make the right decision. So that's where you can start small as you start pushing out some of these use cases. Let's just say that we focus on um, operations to begin with. Let's get the information consolidated that gives us a good inventory forecasting model, get that rolled out, have people start using it, and then in the meantime, then we can start focusing on finance as a use case, for example. And then be ready to scale fast. So again, that it ties back to that first step where we really understand what the business is going to need from an enterprise perspective. We build that foundation up front, and then we're able to really scale this quickly. So now we have an inventory management module or application that's allowing us to make better decisions when it comes to procurement. Um, now we can, while that's going, we can quickly add on, well, let's add some GL data so we can have better insight into impacts on our, our financial statements, right? Or now we can go start pushing information to our sales team that helps them make more strategic sales, sales with their customers. So I think that's the, the biggest one is keeping kind of that mantra in mind because it really is a journey Ron. like doing any of this stuff is not just a one time, let's you know, flip a switch and all of a sudden we're, we're operating in our business based on data and really using the data we're collecting as an asset. 
it's a journey that really ties together, you know, all three components of a transformation. It's the people, the process, and the technology. Thank you for this really thought-provoking presentation. Our guest today has been Kate Brown, Data and Analytics Leader for Manufacturing, Retail, and Distribution at Whipfly LLP. Remember that you can hear her in person May the 9th at the NPE Conference in Orlando. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of PMM in Person. Thanks to Associate Editor Marvin Brown for editing this podcast. You can always find our podcast and the latest information about the worldwide plastics industry on our website, www.plasticsmachinerymanufacturing.com, and on social media. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app, and please tell a friend or colleague who would enjoy the show. This podcast is produced by Plastics Machinery and Manufacturing, an Endeavor business media brand.